0: Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. Well, the North Carolina General Assembly has commenced its 2023 session by moving quickly to revive several proposals previously vetoed by Governor Roy Cooper. Buoyed by a handful of fall election victories that left them just a single House seat short of veto-proof supermajorities in both legislative chambers, Republican leaders appear intent on sticking to their our way or the highway governing strategy in which compromise with Democrats is not on the table. Among the key examples, a pair of culture war bills moving quickly through both houses in recent weeks that would further loosen state gun laws and force public school teachers to out LGBTQ students. And earlier this week, I caught up with a lawmaker who's expressed profound concerns about both measures, Mecklenburg County State Senator Natasha Marcus. Welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you back with us. Thank you so much, Rob. It's great to talk with you. So many issues moving so fast here at the uh, General Assembly. It seems that the Republican leadership in both houses really trying to sort of pass everything that Governor Cooper previously vetoed in hopes maybe they can get it through on a second try. Let's start with a measure that sort of been sailing through in recent days and that's this new uh, legislation Another try to repeal our handgun pistol permitting system that's been in existence in North Carolina for many, many decades. And it's a pretty remarkable step, especially coming right on the heels of yet another mass shooting tragedy at Michigan State University. I wonder what your thoughts are on this legislation.
1: That's, that's right, Rob. The very week that we had yet another massacre on a college campus. By gun violence. Republicans brought forward this bill. It's a terrible bill. The governor vetoed it last session. I fully hope he's going to veto it again and that we can hold it because, boy, is this a dangerous bill. This is Senate Bill 41. It's combined three different gun bills into one. One little part of it actually was a good bill. It was Mm -hmm. a tiny step forward on safe storage measures, although it has no teeth whatsoever. So it's certainly not, not enough to overwhelm the very bad, dangerous parts of this bill. As I pointed out in the Judiciary Committee to the bill sponsor, and as I said on the floor in my remarks against this bill, it repeals the only background check that we currently have for private sales of handguns. So the bill sponsor had to admit this. He tries to dance around it and act like that's not a major loophole he's creating. But boy, is that a loophole? There's a whole lot of unlicensed sellers, private sellers. They advertise online. They go to gun shows. They sell individually from their home or meet people in a parking lot and exchange cash for a handgun. And now there will be zero way, even for a responsible gun seller, To even Mm -hmm. know if someone would pass a background check, because this bill would eliminate the entire pistol purchase permit system. And that's, again, the only way we have to check for private sales. So the people who are pushing this bill want to keep talking about how, well, we have NICS, this federal system. NICS is only for the gun shops, the federally licensed dealers. And by the way, the NICS background check is not nearly as thorough as what the sheriffs do under the pistol purchase permit system that we have. And I'm happy to talk about all the holes in NICS. The New York Times just did a big expose on how much the NICS system misses. So they like it because it's fast. And if you don't get it done in three days, they get their permit, whether or not you would pass it. I don't like it because it's too fast and it's not thorough.
0: Uh, yeah, I wonder what the argument, do you, do you have a sense of what the the proponents are even arguing? Is it the notion just that, my goodness, we, we don't want any delay in a purchase person getting a gun? I mean, I can think of so many scenarios, a person with mental illness, a person who maybe was a domestic violence abuser, right? those are the kind of people and, we don't want them to get guns, right?
1: And those, I'm so glad you pointed that out, Rob, because those are the kinds of things that don't get picked up in a NICS background check, And again, won't get picked up at all for a private sale of a handgun because we're not doing any background checks under this bill. But that's exactly right. So the NICS check, I confirm this, I did my homework. A NICS check does not disqualify an applicant based on pending serious criminal charges, if they're only pending. Recent involuntary commitment due to a mental health crisis, pending complaints for a domestic violence protective order, repeated Hmm. domestic disturbances at their home. None of that would be disqualifying under NICS. And here's the real kicker. Here's the part where domestic violence advocates are pleading with the public to realize and for these bill sponsors to pay attention because NICS does not disqualify you for convictions for assault-based misdemeanor crimes that are largely associated with domestic violence, such as assault on a female and assault on a child under 12. So those will no longer disqualify you for purchasing a handgun in North Carolina The way they would have if we had kept, if we're going to keep this pistol purchase permit system in place. It is shocking to me that this is the priority. We have an ever growing violent world in which the public is pleading with lawmakers to do something. And instead of helping, they are actually taking us backwards and making us more vulnerable to gun violence. It is shocking to me that this is their priority. I am further shocked by the fact that the gun lobby, they come in here with their big gun lobby money and push a bill like this through. And shame on those Republicans who want to cater to their right wing, crazy right wing base, because as I tried to point out over a recent survey showed in North Carolina, over 90 percent of North Carolinians, this includes gun owners, want universal background checks on all gun sales it is one of the most popular common sense gun reform bills that we could have and instead they are removing background checks from a large number of gun sales in north carolina so shame on them and you know i'm sorry that the gun lobby guy he's apparently i heard his feelings with my language and but i would just say to him that i'm more concerned about dead children than about salty language I think I said what a lot of people would say to a, to the gun lobby if they had a chance,
0: honestly. Well, we appreciate your passion and courage. Um, it's a it's a challenging time. And tragically, guns aren't the only issue on which it's a been bit, a bit of a challenging session at the North Carolina General Assembly. We've seen in this time in which we have so many education needs. Unfortunately, it seems that the top priority is another sort of culture war issue thus far, and that's this so-called Parents' Bill of Rights that really seems to be primarily about putting teachers in impossible situations and outing gay kids to their parents. Talk to us about this legislation that seems to be uh, rapidly um, moving through the legislature as well.
1: This is the wrong priority. We have an education crisis here in North Carolina? Absolutely. And it's because teachers are leaving the profession in droves and new young people are deciding they do not want to teach in North Carolina, including my own daughter who was raised here, starting her first year teaching. She would not even think about coming to North Carolina because the pay is terrible and we don't respect educators here the way we should. So- Mm. What does the General Assembly do to address these issues, the need for more funding, the need for better supports for teachers? No, none of that. (laughs) They continue to ignore Leandro and the court order that they are under for 20 years to do better. And instead, they bring up a culture wars bill. Now, let me say at the start. I support parents' rights as much as anybody else. Teachers support parents' rights. We love when parents want to be involved in their children's education and come in, as I did when my kids were in elementary school, and volunteer in the classroom and be there and be aware of what's being taught, et cetera. And that is not what that bill is about. They called it the Parents' Bill of Rights, but really it's the North Carolina Don't Say Gay Bill. They put in some parent parental rights that are that already exist under North Carolina mm-hmm. law in order to just have a vehicle to push through the really hateful, harmful language that targets LGBTQ kids and their families. And we heard from an overwhelming number of teachers, parents, students, counselors, doctors who came to the General Assembly and said, "This bill will harm students." It will make classrooms fraught in a way that teachers should not have to deal with. Things like, if you ask me to use a different pronoun for you here in my class, I now have to, that triggers me having to call your parent and out you. When you're not ready for that, I had a teacher approach me at a party I was at yesterday for a CMS educator who was retiring after 31 years. A different teacher who's still teaching in my district sat down and she said, I'm sorry to interrupt this party, but I just have to tell you, I am so angry about that bill that they're trying to pass in Raleigh. You have to know that as a teacher who has had kids come up to me and say, I'm struggling with something at home, can I talk to you confidentially? Or I'm using a different name and I don't want my parents to know, is it okay if you, if you call me by, by Alex instead of Alexandra? She said, if you are going to make me call that child's parents and out them, I'm going to quit. I can't do it. This job is already hard enough with all that we have to do. If I have to be that person to my students who want to trust me, I'm out. And I think she speaks for a lot of, lot of teachers who say, do not put me in that position. This bill is so harmful.
0: As a, the most mundane matter, I think about my own high school years, the last thing I would have wanted, for instance, was my teacher to call my mom and tell her who I was dating in the 11th grade. Or I mean, you, know, you think about that and how outrageous that would be. Well, this is an, an even more severe invasion of the young person's privacy. It's yes, just and sort it, of remarkable. It's
1: not just that aspect of the bill that bothers me. It's, there's a lot of talk about what can be taught. Like what mm-hmm. is part of your curriculum? And there are a lot of books. I went to my local library and asked to see a sampling and they showed me books written for elementary students that include images of all types of families. For example, some families have two dads, you know, just like some families have different race parents or different religion parents and right. they're all okay. And, and right. I think that is an absolutely appropriate thing for a teacher to read a book like that, a picture book that shows all the different types of families. And the way I read this bill, that teacher could be considered in violation of the law and subject to some penalties if they were to read right. a book like that. And I think that is outrageous. That's attempting to erase from our schools LGBTQ families right. in a really targeted way. It's shameful and it's, it's hurtful and it's wrong.
0: All the news at the General Assembly is not all bad so far this session. There are a few hopeful inklings out there of positive movement on a few bills. As we get to the end of our time with Senator Natasha Marcus, I want to ask you about a couple of those. Medicaid expansion and the Compassionate Care Act, medical marijuana. Are these things that we're finally going to see in North Carolina and catch up with some of the other states?
1: Boy, aren't we overdue on Medicaid expansion and on medical marijuana. Our state has just been determined to drag its heels for a decade or more on both of these issues. You know, we are so far behind. So Medicaid expansion, as you know, Rob, has been Democrats' probably number one priority now for how many years? If we had to rank it, definitely top three. Um, And we love to see Republicans finally using all of our talking points. They finally realize that this is a win-win-win-win for so So many reasons for our state and are ready to pass it. We hope we can get a clean Medicaid expansion bill so we can just deal with this issue, get the federal dollars that have been that we've been passing up for more than a decade now, bring those to our state cover our people with health insurance that they don't otherwise have. Most of people who are working people and deserve to be able to not go bankrupt when they get sick um, and be able to see a doctor when they're sick. So I am so encouraged. I keep hearing rumors. Maybe it will finally happen in March. So we're tiptoeing toward it. Um, And, (laughs) you know, none of us are going to spend too much time saying we told you so, and it's about time because we don't want to offend them and make them back up. Um, We're just going to say, excellent. Finally, we are here. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's it's the right thing to do for our state. Um, so I'm encouraged about that. You're right. There is that little bit of good news. We'll see if they try to muck it up with some side deals that are that are <laughs> deal breakers. Hopefully not.
0: And medical marijuana, maybe too?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the bill is not perfect. It's called the Compassionate Care Act. It's really, really heavily regulated, restricted. There's already been testimony from people who support Medical marijuana, but feel like this is not the right way mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but, you know, we're under Republican supermajority in my chamber, um, and this is the only way it's going to happen in North Carolina for the foreseeable future. So we have to kind of set aside the parts of that bill that we wish were better and say, this would be a, a good step forward and would help a lot of people. Um, I think it would reduce the, the reliance on opioids, which are killing a lot of people and causing some, um, you know addictions that we want to avoid if at all possible. And the way I see it is the, the law as it's been in North Carolina that criminalizes all use of, of marijuana, makes caregivers and veterans and patients into, into criminals. It's a shame we need to change.
0: State Senator Natasha Marcus of Mecklenburg County. She's in her third term in the state Senate. As you can hear, she's one of the most articulate and passionate members of our General Assembly. We're so lucky to have you there, Senator. Please take care, keep up the good fight, and uh, we'll talk to you again later this year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Coming up next, a conversation with one of our state's top pollsters about his latest survey of public opinion in North Carolina. Don't go away.